Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Tuesday, June 21st, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. A day late, but we are here to recap some of the biggest news in West Coast recruiting. And as it pertains to West Coast recruits, I am Blair Angulo, joined by National Recruiting Editor and my co-host, Mr. Brandon Huffman. B. Huff, how are we doing? Blair, it feels like you're, you know, we, we haven't talked in so long. I, I feel like we're reunited and it does feel so good. It's been fragmented, right? Like you've hosted this show without me. I've hosted this show without you. Uh, we've had separate and different guests on this show. And after what seemed like seeing you every weekend for about two months, uh, we've been apart, but, for, but, but not for long. We're going to be in Salt Lake City this coming weekend for another big camp uh, out in uh, the state of Utah. And yeah, like you mentioned, it, it, it does feel good. It's been quite a, quite a long time. So it's good to connect with you again and, and to discuss some of these big topics that we're going to touch on. USC had a monster recruiting weekend. Uh, there's been a couple of new offers out West, particularly at quarterback as the dominoes continue to fall. A few other notable official visits that we'll track, including Washington and Utah hosting some, some big name prospects. But let's begin where everyone wants to begin. And that would be with five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, who has a clearer roadmap now, Huff, ahead of his decision. Yeah, we're down to crunch time. It is the final official visit was just announced on Monday. He's headed to Miami for an official visit that will take place from today until Thursday. And then that will lead up to his decision, which will be announced live on CBS Sports HQ on Sunday, the 26th. The time is still to be determined. But yeah, there was a lot of speculation that when last week he named his final five and pushed back his announcement date that was originally scheduled for the 18th, that Miami might get an official and that official visit will be a midweek visit this week before he makes his decision on Sunday. So Miami, which looked like they were in a good spot to get him after he visited in April for an unofficial, maybe faded a little bit when I did my War Daddy piece last week. I wrote and everything I was hearing was that they had faded, but now the Canes are going to get that final official visit and have the last shot at him in the 72 hours prior to his decision. You have discussed Miami's role in this recruitment for, for quite a while, dating back to even Mario Cristobal's pursuit of Bay Area quarterbacks. What is your feeling when you maybe touch the iron right now and, and try to feel this out? Is it warm? Is it hot? Like, what are the Hurricanes' chances of seemingly coming from behind now to potentially steal a five-star quarterback down the stretch ahead of his commitment on Sunday? You know, after the Josh Connolly recruitment that kind of went down to the wire and it looked like USC was in the position to get him, and then he took a last unofficial visit to Oregon the weekend before his decision in the Ducks, who weren't even going to be in his top five when he was going to announce them on New Year's Day and ended up getting him. 
jam. I'm starting to think that the later the momentum you build, the better your positioning could end up being. You know, this is a stark contrast to JT Tumolo, who really had his top five not be so fluid. It was really set. And even when Ohio State had that middle visit, he took the visit to Oregon, ended up canceling the visit to Alabama. I always liked where Ohio State sat there. With Jaden, I think that Miami will have that last chance to wow him and to, you know, really have an impact on his decision. You were in Vegas last week at the overtime OT7. He was playing with the Miami Immortals. There are some Miami commits on that team. There are some, you know, strong Miami ties there. So I won't count Mario Cristobal. You and I have seen this a, a number of times. You know, when, when just look no further than when Jaden was a freshman, he backed up Jay Butterfield at Liberty High School in Brentwood. And most people thought that Cal was going to be able to keep Butterfield home. And then Mario Cristobal and Marcus Arroyo flipped him. Well, he didn't actually commit, but they got him to announce for Oregon with a late push. Mario Cristobal has already struck at that well once before. And let's see if he can do it a second time. Yeah. And in terms of the dominoes, you know, we know that some schools are, are waiting on Jin Rashada. We know that there's a number that are continuing to be in the mix. Florida, uh, A&M, LSU, Oregon, to an extent. There's been a lot of movement, obviously, recently with CJ Carr announcing his commitment, the five-star quarterback in the 2024 class headed to Notre Dame. That appears to have shuffled things for Dante Moore, who at, at one point, it did seem like he was leaning towards committing to the Fighting Irish. But now that's opened so many different avenues for him. Uh, and some of these schools that have been in pursuit of Jaden Rashada are now entering the, the Dante Moore sweepstakes in, in a sense. This situation with Rashada uh, reminds me a lot of 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 like the baseball winter meetings and uh, you know like there's there's so much made of who got the last visit right who got the last the, the last pitch with the agent who got the last chance to make an impression on on a player uh who snuck into the ballroom at the end of the night to m- maybe cut a deal close to to that deadline uh and in this era right of of name image and likeness of branding of marketing the prospects uh and, and when there's so much being made about monetary value it it, it it i think right now it just makes so much sense to try to hold things off until closer to a decision time frame and, and see what kind of deal deals that are out there, right? Like what, what's going to be on the table? Let's say he commits two, three months ago, right? Where he knew he wanted to go somewhere. But is that the real smart thing to do right now if you're a high high profile quarterback? Well, and it's funny you say that because, hey, I thought you were going to talk about how the Angels would overpay for somebody and then watch him be hurt for the next five, seven years of his career, like most winter meetings. But we like Jaden Rashada way too much to to put that evil on him. Yeah, not not today, Satan. No, but it, but it is interesting because you know when you look at the way quarterback recruiting has gone in the last three months, maybe prior to back in January. I mean, think about this, and we've talked about this on this show before. Jaden Rashada was this close to committing to Oklahoma back in January. And while Ole Miss is still in his top five, he really liked Ole Miss before Jeff Levy left Ole Miss, went to Oklahoma, and he had told me numerous times, Oklahoma was always kind of a dream school for him. He had seen what Kyler Murray had done there, what Baker Mayfield had done there, what Jalen Hurts had done there, and... I think he really wanted to be a part of that. So you and I were in Las Vegas in the month of February for the battle seven on seven. He was having conversations with other receivers and and I was standing nearby kind of just, you know, getting some info on some guys. And he was telling receivers like, yeah, like I'm I'm feeling Oklahoma. That's where I wanted to be. 
Like, so this is completely like you mentioned, right? This could have been over months ago, months ago. And he would have been going to Oklahoma, would have been a high profile recruit for Brent Venables coming out of the gate, especially as a defensive coordinator who's taking over a head coach from a school where the head coach was an offensive guru, a quarterback guru. And this recruitment was that close to being done. But then Jackson Arnold becomes the focus of Oklahoma. And all of a sudden now, Jaden Rashada has options that really span the country. I mean, he just, West of the Rest was created because, you know, we were talking about all the guys from the West Coast that were leaving the region and he eliminates the two Pac-12 schools a week ago. But this could have been done five months ago and he would have been going to the Big 12 via, you know, Oklahoma, which eventually would have put him in the SEC. Now all guarantees are he's going down South and it's just fascinating to see how, by delaying his decision, how much vastly different his recruitment and how so many other schools are being affected by it. Because it's not just the national programs. If you look at it from a regional standpoint, when it became clear Jaden Rashada had eliminated Cal, they pivoted exclusively to Luke Duncan. And Luke Duncan, who played with KT Prep just like Jaden did, was offered by Cal a while ago, but it never seemed to be the focus. It was, what's Jaden going to do? He decides that, you know, Cal looks like the spot for him. Then UCLA comes in with an offer last week, and then the crystal ball switches to UCLA. So now Cal, which, you know, thought they had a backup plan, they might be out. So now you potentially take off your shot off, the t- or you're going to take your shot off the table on Sunday. You could potentially see Luke Duncan come off the table. Aiden Childs has already made his decision. Now that next tier of quarterbacks could start to see their recruitments tick up, all because of the Jaden Rashada domino really affecting so many schools. Yeah, and with Cal specifically, at that point, right, if you're on option what would it be? Maybe option five, option six, uh, down the recruiting board. You maybe just cut your loss and you go all in on 24 and you go all in on on landing an impact quarterback on the transfer portal. So that's that's I think that's where we are in a different age now where you can kind of make up for some of these recruiting misses. Uh, and, and to an extent, I, I don't blame any of these recruits for taking all five official visits anymore, because even, even if they know where they're going to go, right? Like let's say Rashad knew two or three weeks ago where he wants to go once he set his decision date, but he's still going to take these visits because he never knows when he's going to go in the portal. If he ever does, he can maybe potentially line up uh, that backup option, you know, find his next home uh, after, after he plays his freshman year or sophomore year, whatever it may be at the next level. So a lot of interesting stuff there, and, and we're excited to follow along. And, and the journey uh, seemingly almost over for Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback from Pittsburgh up in Northern California, set to reveal his choice this coming Sunday live on CBS Sports HQ. We're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to continue to discuss Pac-12 football recruiting. You are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the West of the Rest podcast. Blair Angulo, Brandon Huffman. We are your co-hosts here on this show. We will be together again, Huff, this coming weekend at the ESPN 300 Elite Underclassmen Camp in Salt Lake City. It's going to be, I think, a really loaded camp. We make a lot of stops throughout the offseason camp tour. And just looking at the preliminary roster, I look at the big guys up front, right? The the linemen, the the linebackers, the type of prospect that the state of Utah produces. Uh, so really excited to get out there with you and and to to bring our subscribers over at twenty four seven Sports all the latest buzz uh, from a state that has been producing at a really big clip, particularly out west, uh, just behind California and right up there with the state of Arizona. There are you know a couple of of nuggets that I did want to share about Utah specifically. The Utes coming off a of Pac twelve championship and. and and coming off a really close defeat at the Rose Bowl uh, to kick off the new year. And I, I think they're recruiting at a different level now, Huff, the, the Utes. They had a couple big-time visitors this weekend, just landed a commitment, and um, they are always a bit more methodical than the typical Pac-12 program. Don't sound out a lot of offers, don't have a lot of official visitors until later in the cycle. But now they're doing that and also being a bit more selective on who they're targeting. I think when you, you know, we, we've talked about this since really the, the first incarnation of West of the Rest, when they were coming off a season where they won their per- first Pac-12 South title, and then as we were getting West of the Rest really cranking, they were in the playoff picture in that 2019 season up until the Pac-12 championship game when they lost to Oregon. But now they're going in fresh off the Rose Bowl. It's one thing to win the Pac-12 South. It's another thing to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl and play in one of the most exciting Rose Bowls, you know, outside of the 2005 National Championship game like they did. And they went toe-to-toe with Ohio State. And I know people said Ohio State was missing key guys. So is Utah, which is why starting tailback Michael Bernard uh, was playing cornerback in that game. And I think the way that Utah played in that game really kind of cemented what, you know, guys like you and I and myself have known for a number of years, but that Utah is a national program and they should be able to recruit as such. And I think we started to see that trend in the 2020 class coming off that season where they did win the Pac-12 South and, and tease with the playoff birth, when they were able to flip guys like Van Fillinger down the stretch, when they were able to flip Clark Phillips down the stretch, who had a great Rose Bowl game. Now you keep that momentum. And then in 2022, they get guys like Lander Barton, elite players like him to stay in state, other national prospects. And I think that Utah, they've always recruited above their weight. They've done such a good job of evaluating and eyeballing and developing the talent that, you know, we talked about it at the Polynesian Bowl this year. You go watch a guy like Kel Akana from Hawaii, who we hadn't seen because of the pandemic. And you watch him move and you're like, okay, yeah, there's the next Devin Lloyd, the guy that kind of nobody remembers and and really recruits all that hard. And he ends up the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in three years from now. And now Utah's starting to get that at every position. You you, you look at a Cameron Rising and what he's done, that helps with quarterback recruiting. You look at the running back uh, room that they've had the last couple of years, that helps with recruiting. You look at the Jalen Johnsons, the Clark Phillips, Van Fillinger's up front, the Devin Lloyds, that helps with recruiting because guys know that they can go there and that Utah staff's going to develop the heck out of them. But now you're getting even more talented players that those coaches can develop. And that's how Utah becomes a perennial top 10 team like they are. Yeah, Utah right now at the top, uh, you could say, of the Pac-12 South. And 
chasing them is USC with Lincoln Riley. And they just brought in over 20 official visitors this past weekend. A really interesting official visit, Huff. So before in years past, even dating back to Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, and you know, they they would have a, a typical Los Angeles weekend, right? You go out to the beach, you have you have breakfast at the Strand out in Huntington Beach or, or Mosa Beach, whatever we want to call it. You know, there, there was a rooftop party in downtown and you, you had kind of the typical things, right? Where you would make some stops uh, up and down the up and down the city. Interestingly enough, this past weekend, players had brunch on the floor of the Lakers, uh, crypto.com arena. We're always going to call it Staples, but yeah, they, they brought in the players inside the arena. They had lunch there. Uh, they had kind of a barbecue event, the the salute to Troy uh, inside the Coliseum. And, and instead of Ferraris and Lamborghinis, we saw a bunch of pictures of, of old-fashioned lowriders, which is very West Coast. And I thought that was interesting that Lincoln Riley's pulling out that stop. Uh, we already know Dr. Dre is closely affiliated with that program. Snoop Dogg's been a, a huge fan. Uh, but to see the lowrider, I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. We're getting our lighter shade of brown circa 1990s LA rap scene in there. Uh, you know, and what was interesting about what USC did is that they brought so many recruits in that you almost tend to see some guys start to panic because you see 30 guys having a great time. And let's say there's five or six guys at your position and you're watching their body language. You're watching how they're acting with the coaches, how they're interacting with the players and the recruits. And if you're a guy that maybe was thinking, oh, I'm going to take all my visits, then I'm going to make a decision. You might start looking and saying, dude, those two guys playing offensive line really seem to be having a good time. I'm going to be able to take my last official visit. I should probably commit now and lock my spot in before those guys beat me to it. And, you know, you wonder, why do you bring in 30 official visitors in one weekend? I think, A, you you lighten the load a little bit for your coaches who are on the road. I mean, keep in mind, last week, you and I were both at different mega camps in California, one in Southern California, one in Northern California. These coaches have been on the road at camps all year or all, all month, and Instead of making them go do camps and official visits, they just did one big official visit weekend. But I think it also kind of provo- uh, promotes a kind of a feeling of like exclusivity. If I don't commit to this spot, it might not be there. And now you start to see all these crystal balls going in for USC visitors this past weekend and a lot of buzz. We saw the three fight on emojis that Lincoln Riley tweeted on Sunday. That might be a byproduct of bringing in 30 plus visitors in one weekend. A top 10 class now for USC after a couple of commitments. And it's interesting, like you mentioned, right? Like you create a sense of demand when you bring in that many players. It's like going out on a real estate uh, listing or some sort of appointment, right? Where you're looking at a house and you you see the other couple that's crunching the numbers with their agent and, and you're like, oh, like they want this place. We want this place more than they do. Uh, let's make an offer before they do, or let's ma- let's try to make this a very attractive offer. So it's one of those things where uh, it does create a sense of exclusivity, like you mentioned. It does uh, make USC a commodity of sorts where uh, these prospects all understand the value of playing at a place like that, especially with a new coaching staff that's trying to turn the program around, that's trying to bring back this national power blue blood program. And we're starting to see this, some of the momentum. I, I, I got to speak with five-star wide receiver, Zachariah Branch, and he mentioned that the feeling that you get there is just, it's just different right now because of the energy, because of the buzz. And I think the players understand that this program is on the cusp of turning things around. Now, 
we've always said it. You and I will continue to say it until until we run out of uh, uh, out of breath. I guess is is the fact that USC will need to make up its 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 roster up front, right? Like the trenches are where they're gonna be able to win games. Uh, if you want to beat the Utahs of the world, when you want to beat Oregon out west, when you want to go out and play some of these non conference games, play the Alabamas, play the Ohio States, even at Notre Dame or against Notre Dame at home, they have been in a way dominated up front and that's where they've been lacking so much and and it's actually been in a way refreshing to see them really realize that I, don't, I think they lost sight of that under Clay Elton. Lincoln Riley has made a concerted effort now to shore up the offensive line to to bring in big bodies on the defensive front. Francis Mawigoa was was the marquee offensive lineman, the five-star offensive tackle from IMG Academy out in the state of Florida and you know if you want to read some rave reviews make sure you head on over to uscfootball.com. Mawigoa gave Greg Biggins a lot of really good quotes um, and you could kind of understand what USC is trying to do there. On the flip side of it, they're always going to be able to, to recruit skill positions. Uh, at tight end, they brought in Deuce Robinson. They brought in Walker Lyons. Uh, and when you already have some dynamic pass catchers on the roster and as well as uh, on this recruiting class with a five-star quarterback like Malachi Nelson, I mean, I think, I think it kind of takes care of itself. All you need to really do is, is bring out the lowriders. I think the lowriders are what sells L.A. Lamborghinis don't sell L.A. Lowriders do. What's also interesting, you know, you go back, you talk about the just the, the demand, the need for guys up front. You know, Amos Talalele was committed to Cal. He committed there on his official visit the first weekend in June. A Santa Clara, California prospect, a, a Northern Californian, and goes to Cal with visits scheduled to Washington, Arizona, USD, commits to Cal. And we think that thing's done. Cal recruits him as a defensive lineman. USC brings him in on the official visit. They let him wear the number five, Reggie Bush's number, but he's going to play offensive line there. So not only do they bold, you know, strengthen up their interior offensive line, which has really been kind of a C for them these last couple of years, they then hurt a Pac-12 school in the process of it. So you get a guy who's probably more of a natural defensive lineman and you convince him, hey, come here and play on the offensive line. And that could be the first of many. You know, Alani Noah, we put in a crystal ball for him last week, the Sacramento Grant prospect. You know, Micah Banuelos out of Kennedy Catholic in Washington. USC is now in, you know, in that final four for him. Uh, like you said, Francis Maui Goa. So now USC could end up seeing their, you know, really their interior line be improved almost the snap of a finger based off of just one weekend. Yeah. So a lot of official visitors for the full reports, like I mentioned, head on over to uscfootball.com. Uh, they do a, a terrific job of, of breaking things down and, and, and giving us a good sense of what that program is doing momentum wise. So from close to 30 official visitors to just one one guy that made it up to Washington Huff. I, I did want to close the show out with this. Jackson Bowers, you are the inaugural member of the Jackson Bowers Club, top 24-7 tight end from the state of Arizona, took an official visit up to Washington. And those are two programs right now recruiting kind of on different levels. Yes. And uh, Jackson Bowers Stand Club memberships are available on 247sports.com. You can sign up for a newsletter and Jackson Bowers. No, I think that... On a weekend where you have 30 school or 30 guys visiting SC, you've got Washington that hosts one visit. Now, Washington has a big weekend coming up, but I think the most fascinating part about this spring, Blair, has seen how different schools have handled the recruiting weekends, the official visit weekends. Washington goes with just one weekend. And I think there might have been some design in that too, because clearly Jackson Bowers is a priority for the Huskies. And it gives them an opportunity to really focus in on him 
Other schools are not hosting any official visitors in the months of June. Other schools are hosting all of their official visitors in the month of June. So this next weekend, the last weekend of visits until September, Pac-12 schools, Oregon, Stanford, Washington, all hosting really big weekends, Oregon State as well. It is going to be fascinating to see, are we as a result of NIL even? You know, are we seeing more and more guys want to make earlier decisions and know where they're going so they can graduate early, get on campus? We're seeing more and more and more guys graduating early to get to campus in January. How much of that is NIL? How much of that is just guys are ready to get to that next level? But this stretch run this month will be very fascinating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of fascinating, remember Jane Rashada announces his commitment this coming Sunday live on CBS Sports HQ. For everything on Jane Rashada, make sure you stay locked in to 24-7 Sports ahead of that commitment. Huff, thank you so much for, for joining us. And I can't wait to see you uh, again this weekend, my friend. See you this week. All right. That is Brandon Huff, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. For Brandon and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Gulo. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. <laughs>